right, so give a shout out to um shout out to Larry Sadler for the five dollars. Appreciate that. Through PayPal, appreciate that player. Shout out to Wyatt Austin for the five dollars donation. Appreciate that player. And this is for Brian Johnson. So this is the 10 on it segment. Y'all know what the dealio is. Question topic, $10 minimum. Throw it into the panhandling bucket. Cash app, light skin hero, or the PayPal link in the description. Brian Johnson sent in 20. Appreciate the 20. He says, is LeBron James correct in what he said in response to Donald Trump's reaction to NBA players kneeling during the national anthem. It's from a man's Brian. Is LeBron James correct? So in case you guys don't know, last week, Trump was basically saying that he is not going to, uh, hey, what up, uh, brother Corey? Trump said he ain't going to be watching no NBA games. As long as these basketball players keep kneeling. That's what Trump said. LeBron came back and was like, pretty much, don't nobody care. We ain't going to miss you anyway. So my man Brian is like, is LeBron correct? And LeBron is absolutely correct. Nobody's going to miss Donald Trump watching the NBA. (laughs) I personally don't even believe Trump watches the NBA. I don't think he's ever watched it or been a fan of it. So I don't think... The NBA is going to suffer because President Trump is not watching the NBA games. I don't think nobody on the left or right really cares if Trump watches an NBA game because I for sure don't care. I don't even really watch NBA because I don't I don't I ain't been watching none of these games down here in the in the bubble. I don't, I don't even before this whole pandemic i ain't even really watch sports i don't because i don't really watch a lot of tv so i don't think anybody's gonna care david says now the millions of like-minded trump supporters not watching the nba will be missed uh i don't know man i think people will still watch even the trump supporters look you know me i'm not a fan of the kneeling because you know I'm, i'm patriotic in the mug I'm a military vet, patriotic, proud to be an American. I'm all that stuff, B. I'm all that stuff. You understand? Love my flag. Love my country flaws and all, baby. But the re- biggest reason I don't support kneeling is because my knees hurt. I got slight knee issues from jumping out of planes back in the day. So I ain't kneeling for Nothing. <laughs> nothing. But now nah, I ain't finna be kneeling. I don't, I don't listen. If people want to kneel, they can kneel. I don't have an issue with it. It's just something I'm personally not gonna do. And nobody's gonna pressure me into kneeling or supporting BLM or supporting any of this foolishness. But you know, that doesn't mean that I won't watch a game if I feel like watching a game, which more than likely I'm not just because I don't really watch a lot of TV like that. But in regards to these Republicans, conservatives, whatever, 
you know, they'll probably be in their fields, but then as soon as everybody gets up, they start dunking and shooting three-pointers all over the place. Everything will go right back to normal. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel. I don't really see it becoming this major thing. They say Trump is the GOAT. <laughs> I don't know if he's the GOAT. You know, I just, look, when it comes to Trump, I just don't see what the guy has done wrong with this country, especially as it relates to black people. Like I can never get a logical, solid answer out of some Looney Tune liberal to tell me what has Trump actually done that is bad, especially if you're black. I mean, just remove all your feels, all your preconceived notions. And let's just run down the facts, the policies. Tell me what he's done. I just, I struggle to see it. All I hear is he racist. I'm like, I, right, well, what, is, what, what racist policy has he done to you? <laughs> Let me know, man. Because Biden has a proven track record of this. Kamala, come on, man. Top cop, top cop, cop, cop Mala. That's her nickname, Cop Mala. Out there, out there threatening to lock you up if your kids skip school. Out there locking people up for weed, then got the nerve to go on the breakfast club, brag about how she was smoking weed. Out there sleeping with, with, with mayors to jump off her political career, being the jump off chick. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I know I'm kind of wore out with these politics, though. But, you know, like I say, in regards to this title, LeBron is right. Like, nobody's going to nobody's gonna care. I, I just don't think people care. I just don't think people care if Trump watches a game or not. I, I just don't care. Now, if he shows up to a game, that'll be a whole different story. You know, it, it'd be interesting to see how that thing goes down. But I just don't think people care on the left and right if he doesn't watch a game because they're kneeling. And then, the, like I said, the Trump supporters – I don't think they'll care. Like they'll be mad for about two seconds. And as soon as LeBron James goes up and does a dunk or whoever does something, they'll be oohing and on. You know, I, that's, that's just kind of what I think. <clears throat> Pookie says, right, G, my whole family hate Trump and can't give me a reason why. I'm, I'm Dude, I'm like legit in the same scenario. And, you know, the first thing out their mouth is you just like Trump. You just want to you just got to be a be different. I'm like, I ain't got about nothing to do with being different. I'm just like, just 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 show it to me. Like, what has he done to you? Nobody can ever give me this answer, man. All I can say, all I can do is just, he racist. He locking babies up on the border. I'm like, they ain't even black. They're not even legal citizens, B. Like, what about all the black kids in the community that get locked up, thrown in cages, separated from their families when they out there breaking the law? I don't see nobody crying about all them kids going to juvie. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand this. And this ain't got nothing to do with me being a, a Trump supporter where I'm finna throw my MAGA hat on and, and be looking like, you know, ABL out here. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's just... I'm just the dude. I just like, man, I'm, I'm like, aren't you tired of running off of emotions? <laughs> like do the, does the emotion gas tank ever run out? Mine's ran out years ago. 
I don't understand how people could just run off of pure emotions nonstop, man. And just never face things with reality, logic, numbers, data, all that stuff. Dolomite says, you have ninjas still saying they voting for Biden and Kamala and don't care how effed up their record is. Um, they have their nose up Trump ass that much. Yeah, I've heard people tell me that they, Biden can come out and call them the N-word and they still vote for him because he ain't racist like Trump. <laughs> How's he handling the coronavirus? He's handling about as good as anybody else would have handled it. Like, I mean, do we got to keep talking about this thing? This was going to happen regardless of who was in office. This was going to happen. It was going to spread like wildfire. And the reason why is because we live in a country where people don't like to be told to sit in the house all dog on day. Everybody want to go outside and live their life, work their jobs, earn their paychecks, and do, well, do whatever else they want to do. That's the type of culture we have here in America. With that being said, this thing was going to spread and people was going to catch it anyway, regardless of who was president. We was going to be in the same situation. But I ain't hear y'all asking this question when them Trump checks came out. <laughs> when Trump was passing out them, 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 uh, them, them, them stimulus checks about a month or so ago. I ain't seen nobody crying about the, the CV then. I was like, oh, yeah, it turn up season. I'm about to go flip this. Put me some, put me some, some 22s on the Chevy. Go pay off a couple bills. Go trick this off at the script club. You know what I'm saying? Now Trump, then he just signed some executive order uh, lowering the payroll tax so you Negroes can keep more money on your checks. Then he just signed that and Nancy Pelosi crying about that. Like, what, 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 do you think, what do you think this dude is supposed to do? You got a microscopic organism <laughs> out there. Are viruses, are they technically organisms? Because they can't survive. I don't know, but whatever. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor or biologist, but whatever. You got this microscopic thing out there. There ain't no cure for it. <laughs> well, Russia claims it's a cure. Russia claims they made a cure, but, you know. Who really trusts the Russians? Like, what was you going to do to stop it? What was you going to do? You're going to do just put a, a human condom on and walk around in latex all day? What are you going to do? If you ain't got no job that allows for you to work from home, what you going to do? All right, what you going to do? This was going to happen. This, this was bound to happen especially in a country like this. It says viruses aren't organisms. Thank you. I wasn't sure. I know they need organisms to survive, but I wasn't sure if they were classified as organisms or not. What was you going to do? And so I'm just saying, I just need somebody to show me where Trump has been just flat out detrimental to your life. I need somebody, especially a black person. I need a black person. Uh-oh, Mr. Fantastic. What up, bro? He says, get ready, get ready for mandatory vaccines. 
We'll see. Mr. Fantastic, you need to get ready. You still on active duty. <laughs> active duty personnel need to get ready for mandatory vaccines. That's who needs to get ready. Civilians, we can fight it a little bit until they start forcing it on us. Threatening to put us in, you know, in fact, let let uh let Kamala Harris become president, uh, vice president or president. She's going to be threatening to lock all of us up if we don't get, go get no vaccines. But that's who y'all want, though. Flu season is seven weeks. We're going to shut down again. I've had this flu argument with so many people. I'm like, do you know how many people die from the flu every year and we don't be shutting down countries over the flu? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He says, I just hope they don't come with the RFID chip in three years. Oh, it's coming. As soon as they get this 5G stuff popping, it's coming. Didn't uh, Big Gip from Goody Mob tell us this in um, the first Goody Mob song? The one that, what was the name of that song? Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's coming. We we heading in that, that direction. We heading in that direction, ladies and gentlemen. You say 80,000 oh, 80, people died in 2017. Yeah, who's that peeping in my window? Thanks, Renald. Cell therapy. We heading in that, di- that direction. Soon as 5G come, it's going to be a whole new world out in these streets, baby. So what y'all going to do? What y'all going to do? So, anyways, back to this NBA thing, though. Nobody's going to miss Trump not watching the NBA. Like, nobody cares. I, I don't care. I don't think anybody gives a damn if Trump watches the NBA game or not. Like, I, that's nobody cares. <laughs> I don't believe he even watches NBA and never has watched it. I really don't think that's anybody cares about that. So, the flu and COVID are completely different. How? How are the flu and COVID completely different? They're both airborne diseases. You can catch it the same way by breathing, touching stuff. They both affect your respiratory system. The only thing really different is that one is new. One is brand new. It's really not that different. Unless you know something, I don't know. But you might know something, I don't know. There ain't no cure for the flu. Every year it comes back, snatching people up. All you can do is just go out there, wash your hands, use your use your uh, your hand sanitizer, and, and you know, try not to be coughing in people's faces and stuff. Just live your life, baby. Yeah, we don't know why COVID kills you because it's a brand new virus. When they say it's a novel virus, novel is a synonym for the word new. It's brand new. This particular strand is new. Because coronavirus, in case you guys don't know, that is a classification for a series of viruses. And COVID falls up under the coronavirus classification. COVID-19. In case you guys didn't know that. He says, you, he says uh, medicine is my field of choice. I don't want this vaccine. Well, look, somebody's going to have to go get the vaccine. That's the only way you're going to find out this thing works. Somebody, where, matter of fact, where are all the warriors of the community? 
Where are all the warriors of the community? We need to get them on the front lines to go get these vaccines. Since they want to protect the community so much, go on out there, get them vaccines first, and let us know how, that, how them things work out. So we can spread the news to the rest of the community that it's either safe or highly not recommended to go get the vaccines. Where are all of our warriors? You know what I'm saying? Where they at, though? Show us how brave you are and go get them vaccines. Kills people with underlying conditions. I, yeah, I mean, that's what they say. I don't, I don't know, but, you know. Yeah, we're all the people who love Dr. CB. Going out there to get them vaccines, B. This is y'all chance to step up to the plate, do the right thing for the community. Since that's all y'all talk about on YouTube, how y'all out here leading the community and doing all the right things. All right, go out there and get them vaccines first. <laughs> Show us how much of a warrior you are. You know what I'm saying? Be on the front lines. Yeah, nobody's dying like that. Like I told you guys this the other video. When Corona was first running through the news a couple months ago, the news was all about it's death and doom. You would have people talking about how they got refrigerated freight, uh, refrigerated trucks outside of hospitals to store the bodies. We was all like, man, we everybody dropping like flies around here. A couple weeks later, the narrative started shifting when the death rate wasn't keeping up with the infection rate. So now that the infection rate has skyrocketed and the death rate has pretty much been a constant hovering around less than 1%, well, you can't really sell doom and gloom when something has a less than 1% mortality rate. But you can sell doom and gloom at an infection rate. You say, so those 160,000 deaths are from what? You got 160,000 deaths. How many people have caught it? Do you, do, do you even understand how percentages work, Capone? It's over 1 million people in America, maybe more, like 2 million that actually have it, but only 100,000 or so died. Yes, that's 100,000-something 100, 100, deaths. But, it's let, but it still comes out to be around 1%, something like that. And that's 1% globally and here in America. So it's hard to sell the death rate and scare everybody to scare everybody to death when the death rate is around 1%. But you can, you can scare the heck out of some people with the infection rate because everybody catching it. Yeah, everybody's probably going to get, there's a, there's a high potential we all may get exposed to it. Y'all need to be prepared for that reality. But what's more, but what's, but what should you worry about more? Getting exposed to it or actually dying from it? Now, whether or not you get exposed and die, who knows? That's where all this underlying stuff comes in, all this other crap. You know what I'm saying? Three million deaths worldwide. Look, I ain't, I ain't got my calculator out. I ain't pulled up the latest numbers. So I don't know. I did. I, I looked at the calculations last week when I was watching the news and they had the numbers on the screen. I did the quick percentage. I was like, wow, this is only around like 1%. Okay. But I'm just telling you, look at the news stories. They're not really talking about the deaths anymore. They're talking about the infections. How many people are catching it? Because the 
the rate of catching infect the, the, the infection rate has skyrocketed, but the deaths have been stagnant. But when it was all about the deaths, it was all up in your face. We all going to end up in the hospital, passed out. It's going to be bodies stacked on top of bodies like, like this is an episode of, uh, of Walking Dead or something like that. We all thought we was about to be living in a Walking Dead episode. But that's not, what, that's not what's happening. What's happening is just a bunch of people catching it because it's a brand new virus. And we as Americans, we don't like to be told what to do. That's how this works. What don't y'all understand? Exactly, Mr. Fantastic. There's over 1, million, 1 billion people in China alone. Their numbers should be out of control. Do you see how, you know how Chinese people live? Them jokers be living on top of each other out there. That whole country should be infected. It should be just bodies on top of bodies. But why, how come it's not bodies on top of bodies? Because China is strict as hell. <laughs> they will force you to go into lockdown to keep the numbers low. In America, you ain't forcing us to do a damn thing. You know, China ain't got rid of nothing. They either lying about their numbers or they taking people out to the to the wood line and and, and uh, blessing them in the back of their head. Or, you know, they forcing people to be in lockdown. Yeah, how you going to China is the is the epicenter. China started all this crap. They ain't get rid of this damn thing. But regardless, you just need to be prepared for the reality that you, unless, they come, unless there's a, a legit proven virus, you just need to be prepared for the reality that you might get exposed. Look, I'm, I honestly think I got exposed to it. If you, want, if, you, if you want me to be honest with you, I think about two month, two or three months ago, I, I think I may have gotten exposed to it. Because one day, out of the blue, I got really sick. I'm talking about I'm a dehydrated. I'm throwing up. I got headaches. All this crap, B. I'm in the bed sipping water and Gatorade for like two days straight. Under the blankets with the chills, all that crap. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it just came out of nowhere. Then after about a day and a half of that crap, it went away and I was back to my normal self. So I don't know. I don't know if I got exposed to it or not. I never got tested. But I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? I'm just saying it's a reality. But being that we know it's a reality, we need all of our warriors of the community to step up and go on out there and get them get them vaccines. We need y'all to make sure it's safe for the community. Did I lose taste? I don't I don't remember. I say, I don't know if I got exposed. I just know I just got like two or three months ago. I just got sick out of nowhere. It just like, boom, slapped me right upside the head. And I'm laying in the bed under the blankets with the chills, sipping water and Gatorade. <laughs> that was it. Just out of nowhere. And then after, like I say, after about a day and a half of that, I went back to normal. Went right back to my regular old self. You think your son had it? How many more? Look, look, Capone. Look, look. Would you stop coming in here with your with your woe is me feels? I feel like playing that sad, you know that sad music they be playing on that commercial when they be showing them sad dogs at the dog pound. 
Every time, every time you come in here, what about the, you don't take the death seriously. That's, that's all I hear, dude. Nobody said we don't take it seriously, bruh. Nobody said that. We're just saying, let's be realistic about the chances of you dying based on the number of people who have it as it relates to the number of people who have actually died. When you crunch those numbers, we're looking at around 1%, <laughs> which means it has a very low fatality rate. So you'd be like, oh, but 100,000 people died. Okay, that's 100,000 out of like what? 100 million or something or whatever the damn number is. Still 1%. Fine. Oh, okay, 3%. 3%. Okay. Woo! 3%, y'all. Woo! Man, that extra 2% really did something, baby. Holler at me when it's at 10%. Just saying, good God, man. You you go over here, oh, what about the dad? You, you don't care. You don't nobody said nothing about not caring, man. Yeah, in the arms of the angel. In the arms of the angel. Like this dude is tripping, man. <laughs> What's wrong with this dude? Nobody said nobody didn't care, B. I'm just saying, let's stop freaking out. Because the reality is you may potentially get exposed to it. But if you do get exposed to it, the data that we currently have says you have about a 3% chance of dying from it. If we go based off of your 3% stat, which means you have a 97% chance of surviving it. How come nobody ever focuses on the 97% number? 3% dying, 3%. Well, what about the 97% that ain't dying, Negro? <laughs> You're just going to ignore all these other 97 people? You got 100 people lined up, three die. You act like you don't see the 97 others that are standing there. <laughs> like, I don't understand this crap, man. <laughs> Holy crap. We got to do better than this. <laughs> we, holy Jesus Christ. 97 motherfuckers standing up right now. Looking at you like, nigga, are you serious? It's 97 of us right here. But that's all right, man. Do your thing. <sighs> do your thing, man. Well, Y'all will get it together one day. Y'all will come around and see the light of the great G Dizzle. The top dog Kundalini out here. Y'all will come around and embrace the ways of the Kundalini eventually to where you'll be able to be able to realize that there are 97 other motherfuckers standing up. <laughs> it's just like this whole black on black, uh, this, 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 the cops killing us argument. Be like 10 niggas be dying from the cops every year. But y'all just going to ignore the 8,000 that died the same damn year from another nigga. <laughs> we scared to go outside. Cops getting us. No, nigga. You scared to go outside because Junebug out that motherfucker. That's why. Like, goddamn. Jesus Christ.
We understand it, y'all, man. He said, if you had a 3% chance of dying, if you could, if you go outside tomorrow, you going outside? Yeah, because I have a 97% chance of living. <laughs> like, dude, you, you, oh my goodness. A 3% chance of dying means you have a 97% chance of surviving. Like, okay, look, let me, let me, let, let's look up the, let's, what are the, what are the, what are the chance, let me look it up. What are the chances of you dying in a car accident? Let's look this up. Okay, look, I just did a random Google search from the New York Times. It says most of, wait, hold up, let me see. Give me a second. Let me let me pull up. Let me, let me find some one of them sites that has a bunch of random stats on it. <clears throat> uh, la, 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 la. Let's see. What what are the chances? Where, where, I thought I just saw it. All right, the odds of you dying in a car accident are one in hundred and six. What does that work out to be with the math, y'all? Let's see. You know. I don't know any damn math anymore. Give me a second. I need to find something else that's closer to what he's talking about. I need to find, I need to find something else. Uh, I can't find nothing else. Whatever. You still got a 97% chance of living. There it is. You still got a 97% chance of living out in this motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. And look, look, I'm not telling you not to take the 3%. Look, I'm not telling you to go outside and start licking doorknobs, going up to people, just hugging them and licking them all in their face. I'm not telling you to do that stuff, bruh. Go outside, live your life. Do your social distancing. Put your little mask on your face. Wash your hands. Do all that stuff, B. Do all that stuff. But go live your life. Because you got, according to you, you, you still got a 97% chance of living. If only 3% are dying. <laughs> Just go live your life, man. Go live your life. I mean, you're going to sit, hey, Capone, you're going to sit here and tell me you've been cooped up in the house for the past four months now. You ain't left that mug to do nothing. You just been sitting in the house smelling like hot Cheez-Its all day long. Sitting, in the, sitting around in the house, beating your meat, smelling like Cheez-Its. You've been doing that for four straight months. Ain't left the house to do nothing. That what you've been doing? You ain't even went outside to check your mailbox. You ain't slid over to a shorty's house. Nothing. The hell you been doing? You scared to go outside? <laughs> you must be on lockdown, nigga. You got, you, got, you got access to YouTube in jail, nigga. You must be on lockdown. You on house arrest or something? What the hell you out here doing? You act like he just sitting in the house. He probably is. Just sitting in the house smelling like hot karachi all over the goddamn place. 
It's 3% chance. We going to die. 3% chance. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We's going to die. Let me look up some stats. Anyways, I'm trying to find some, some stats. See if he's scared to do some other crap. I need to find a stat that's on par with that crap. Says, G, you talking to a dude who don't wash his hands after he take. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You know who used to, you know who uh, really don't do that? When I was in Afghanistan back in 2010, they always used to tell us, do not shake the hands of these Afghanis. I was like, why? Because they like to wipe their hand. They like to wipe their ass with their hands. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I remember when I first met one. After somebody told me that, this motherfucker tried to offer me some food. I was like, no, sir. I just kept staring at his hand and thinking of uh, dingleberries hanging off that motherfucker. I was like, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> look, look. Y'all, listen. Let me tell y'all about these Afghanis, right? So their sense of, their hygiene is so prehistoric that look, we was on the same, we was on this fob called Fob Passau, Fob Wilson, in the middle of southern Afghanistan. I don't even know where the hell we were because when I left the big base, I flew out on a Black Hawk for 30 minutes. No clue what direction I was flying in. All I know is I landed, got off the base, and we had a bunch of Afghan soldiers on the base with us. Dude, we had to we had to restrict them from going into our bathrooms. They weren't allowed to go into our defects or our cafeterias. They weren't allowed to go into our gyms. They weren't allowed to do nothing. And there was a reason why. Because I remember one day we was in the gym. These two, this is before they put the rules in place. These two Afghani, you know, about three or four Afghani dudes came into the gym, right? And the gym in, in the middle of Afghanistan is just a big-ass tent, a big-ass Alaskan tent. Just a big tent. That's all it is with a, with a, with a fan blowing up in there. Bro, they came up into this gym. I ain't never smelled a stench like this in my life. I'm talking about this was the I'm talking about this was the stench. This thing like literally fried the the hairs in your nostrils. I mean, it was so freaking strong and so freaking bad. They literally cleared the entire gym out. Everybody in there just packed their shit up and left. And then somebody went and told the colonel. Colonel came down here was like, they cannot come into our facilities anymore. They got to get their own. Because what it is, what I learned is they don't like soap and water. They're not a fan of soap and water like that. So what they would do, they might take a bath once a week, once a month. Who, who freaking knows? But in between bath times, they would take oils and rub the oils on their skin. And what I was told is the oil kills like the bacteria but then after it does that, it produces like this super strong, pungent smell. I'm talking about, bruh, I never smell, I've never smelled a dead body. But I imagine, dude, this is the strongest, most repulsive smell I've ever smelled in my life, man. Ever smelled in my life. And, uh, dude, it's, oh, God. I mean, I, dude, it's so bad, I can still smell it. And I'm talking about I ain't been over there in 10 damn years and I can still smell it like it was yesterday. This is one of those smells that never leaves you. You know what I'm saying? It, it is super strong. Yeah, they aired the whole place out, bro. 
And the colonel was like, y'all got to find y'all own latrines. Y'all on, y'all, you know, y'all can't be going ahead with all, with the, with the GIs. Nope. Uh-uh. It, it was, it was crazy. But yeah, so I don't know how the hell I got to talking about that, but yeah, y'all need to go get some of that in your life. Yeah, they don't believe in T. Listen, y'all, listen, y'all need to go overseas, man. You go to uh, Kuwait. I was in Kuwait in 2007. And then they took us downtown to Kuwait City on like a field trip or some crap like that. So we in there looking at the mosque. We in the mall. One day I'm like, man, I got to go take a piss. So I go into the bathroom. You know, we walk into an American bathroom. We got urinals and then you got the little toilets. I go into their bathroom. I'm like, what the fuck? Where is everything at? Man, these jokers got a hole in the ground, B. A, a literal hole in the ground. So I was like, okay, well, maybe this is where you pee at. No, that's where they pee, and that's where they go do the number two. And how they do the number two is they lift up their little Jesus Christ dresses, that I call them, and then they squat down like and hover over the damn hole in the ground. I mean, literally, that, that's, how they, that's how they handle their business, y'all. I was like, wow, they on some other shit out here. This is different. <laughs> this is different. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, they really doing this out here. And then that's when I learned about the Kuwaitis as well. They don't, there's rumors about them out there. You know, you, there was like, never shake their left hand. Oh yeah. Keep it tech. You know what it is. They got the hole in the ground, man. You just hover over that damn thing and, and start clipping them off. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, uh, that's different. <laughs> that is different. Cause if you ever notice with these Afghanis or these middle Easterns, they always love the squat. You know how you like the squat? Us Americans will squat, you know, we'll take our little jail pictures. But if you look at our feet, our feet, the heels of our feet are rarely touching the ground. Y'all ever notice that when, when we squat? It's, it's a reason for that. It's because they, when they squat down, their whole foot is flat on the ground and they can go into like a deep ass squat. Like they about to do some, uh, some, some, uh, you know, some squatting on the squat rack. That's because... They've been training, they, they've been squatting like that since they were kids, because that's how they go to the bathroom. <laughs> and that's how they that's how they break in place. Like you have like like one day I was on the uh the tarmac. I was doing Afghanistan, and this uh this helicopter, this this black hawk came in. I just happened to be out there next to the tarmac. And they had these, these, these uh these prisoners, right? They had them all, you know, zip tied and blindfolded and all this crap. And they had him out there on the tarmac for about 30 minutes waiting to figure out what the hell he's going to do with these dudes because I guess the transportation wasn't there or whatever. So what these dudes do? They just squatted in place and was chilling like a son bitch. Now, you know how we squat down for like two minutes. We got to stand up, stretch our legs out, our knees be locking up and stuff. Not them. They, they chilling like a son bitch in the squat position with their whole foot laying parallel on the ground. It's, it's, it's a whole nother world. Y'all got to get your travel game on. And go over there and see this stuff. It ain't got no doors. Look, this a whole look. It, it depends, man. Cause look, you go to some of them countries in the Middle East. Oh, they balling. So I was in the country of Qatar. Now let me tell y'all something, right? All y'all, we want to go back to Africa, niggas. Let me tell y'all something. You niggas ain't gonna survive. You know why you're not gonna survive? Cause that sun finna tear your ass to pieces. Especially the closer you are to the equator. So I was in Kuwait. 2006, 
I, uh, 2006 in February, I flew out of Baltimore, Maryland, on my way to Germany. It was freezing cold. I had a bubble jacket, not a bubble jacket. I had one of the um, bomber jackets on. Flew to Germany, cold as hell. Got back on the plane, flew another five hours to to Kuwait. We got we landed on the tarmac about midnight. Man, it was like it was like an ice box on the airplane. As soon as they opened that that damn door and told us to get off the plane, nigga, I thought I stepped into an oven. It went from icebox to blazing hot at 12 o'clock at night. I'm talking about I was out there damn near stripping down to my drawers, nigga. <laughs> it, was, it was hot as shit at 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, how in the hell do people live out here like this? And this was at nighttime. Fast forward, I get a I get acclimated to the environment, and dude, it'd be about a hundred thirty degrees outside at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, it was so hot. We used to draw straws to see who was gonna go to the defect and get everybody's food, because it'd be about a hundred thirty degrees outside. And then here's the crazy part: nighttime comes around, the temperature dropped down to about ninety degrees. And nigga, I'm walking around in my PT jacket talking about it's cold outside because we don't have a 40 degree temperature change. 90 degrees outside, I'm with a damn jacket on, acting like I'm shivering because just a few hours ago, it was about 130 degrees outside. And then when you look up in the sky, if you ain't never been close to the equator, you look up in the sky, you never realize how close you think that the earth has moved closer to the sun. You'd be looking at the sun. You'd be like, damn, when did we start getting closer and closer to the sun? It looked like the sun is like right there. Like you could just reach out and touch that damn thing. So this is how I know you Negroes ain't going to make it for all y'all who want to go back to the motherland and y'all want to reside in a country that's somewhere near the equator. You ain't going to make it. The sun going to tear your asses up. But here's the thing. That's not even the hottest place I've been. When I was going to Afghanistan in 2010, so they flew us back into Kuwait because that was the check-in point where my, where my brigade was. Or that's pretty much the check-in point where all U.S. military go into before they send them off to Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera. So they flew me to this from Kuwait to this tiny country called Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R, a Q-A-T-A-R, Qatar, Qatar, whatever, is right there on the Persian Gulf. Bruh, this was the hottest. I thought Kuwait was hot. This shit was even hotter. It was like, it'd be like six o'clock in the morning. It'd be about 120 degrees outside, dude. They used to have signs posted around the base saying that no military personnel is allowed to do PT after 530 in the morning outside because you can literally pass the hell out and die from heat exhaustion by the time it's six o'clock in the goddamn morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just ridiculously hot over there. And this is part of the reason why these Arabs wear those Jesus Christ outfits all the time. But don't get it twisted. A lot of them Arabs with them Jesus Christ outfits, these jokers is caked up. Y'all remember that song from Busta Rhymes? We getting A-Rab money. Have y'all Negroes ever seen A-Rab money in real time? So let me tell you about A-Rab money. So... We there hanging out in Qatar, uh, waiting to get waiting to get sent downrange to Afghanistan, right? Because it's like a four hour plane ride from there. 
Anyways, they kept delaying my stuff for two weeks. So I got I got to go on a quote unquote field trip. They took us to the mall, right? So we get to the mall. We pull up in the parking lot. I swear, I swear to you God, I swear to God, in the parking lot, it was nothing to see Lamborghinis, Ferraris, hundred thousand dollar Mercedes just just littered all over the parking lot like like they were Honda Accords and shit. You know how you go to the mall here in America? Well, down here in Orlando, we got this mall called Millennium Mall. You know, back in the day, they used to classify it as like the rich people's mall because it got like all the high end, high end stores there. But there's a certain where there used to be a certain section of the mall that was considered like VIP section where you would see like Bentleys and all these expensive ass cars parked up in front. And then you go through the, throughout the rest of the mall parking lot. It's just everybody's regular ass car out there. You know what I'm saying? Down there at this particular mall. Throughout the regular ass parking lot, Ferraris, Bentleys, Lamborghinis. I'm talking about all the high end shit we see in rap videos. They just littered all over the parking lot. Right. Oh, let me back up. Go back to Kuwait. 2007. There used to be we used to drive from this base called Camp Virginia all the way down to this base called Arif John, about a 45 minute drive driving on the highway. These Kuwaitis got so much money. That because, you know, they get a stipend from the oil lot. They, they produce so much oil. If you're a natural born citizen, they pay you an annual stipend just for being a natural born citizen. And I heard it was somewhere around fifty thousand dollars just for being a natural born citizen. These jokers be having so much money that they, they can literally wreck a car, leave it on the side of the anytime I wreck some some random ass car. They be wrecking BMWs and, and, and Benzes and just leave them shits on the side of the road and go cop a new one. And I know I've seen it because I remember one time I had drove down to Arif John and I seen this BMW that was wrecked on the side of the road. Uh, four weeks later, I'm driving back and guess what? I see that same goddamn car there. You know what I'm saying? They just wreck these cars and leave them. But anyways, going back to uh, what country was that? Qatar. So we in the mall and shit. Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Bentleys, just, just all over the place. Just, just regular, like they're regular ass cars. I'm like, wow, they doing it like this? And they all got dust on them and all kind of crap. We go into the mall. Dude, the, they got a mural painted on the ceiling. The artist is so goddamn good. I thought I was looking at the real sky. Like it was that damn good of an art job that the mural actually looks like the real freaking sky. And then you see all these Muslims walking around. <laughs> Like I say, they in their Jesus Christ outfits with their Jesus Christ sandals on. And then next thing you know, they lifting up their arm, flexing their Rolexes in front of you. And I ain't talking about no knockoff Rolex. I'm talking about the real deal Rolexes. I mean, dude, they just balling out of control out there, y'all. Balling out. of Dude, oil money is amazing. Oil money is amazing. Somebody said it's $3,000 a month. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it was. I wasn't getting any of that shit. Oil money is amazing. So what, what I'm saying is y'all need to step your travel game up, whether it's through the military or through your own free will and accord, and go see what other how, how other cultures are living, B. If y'all want to see what balling is really like, or you want to see what extreme poverty looks like. Now, I never got to go to Dubai. I never got to go. I wanted to, but I didn't get to go. Because, you know, when I was in Kuwait, where I was at, Camp Virginia is literally in the middle of the desert, right? Man, they have people living in the desert. Have you ever seen somebody living in a desert in a tent with their little goats? We used to have dudes living in the desert, my nigga. <laughs> and then some of the some of the Kuwaitis, right? What they like to do to get away from the city, 
they would come to the desert and they would have like these gigantic tent parties out there. Like they would have the, like these super elaborate tents set up. You go into the tent, one tent, they playing hip hop music. They got a, a hip hop DJ. It might be some damn legit DJ from America. You never know who the hell's in these damn tents. You know, Kuwait's a dry, it's a dry country, meaning you're not allowed to drink alcohol over there, but they be having brews and drink flowing all over the place, smoking trees. You might go into one tent over here. They set it off with the honeys over here. Dude, they, they be on some other shit out in that country. You know what I'm saying? And then they have, they be actually having like real slaves out there and shit. Dude, they on some other shit. So y'all complain about slavery. Nigga, I've actually seen a real slave in real life. Somebody actually getting beat by an Arab in front of me. Well, not directly in front of me, but you know what I'm saying? They on some other shit in that part of the world, B. So y'all think y'all got it bad out here. Man, shit. Take your ass to the Mideast if you ain't got that money and see how bad you got it out there. Yeah, I want to go to Dubai. I heard that place is ridiculous. I've had, I knew a lot of contractors. They used to fly in and out of Dubai. They used to tell me the stories. They'd be like, when I was in Afghanistan, we had a bunch of contractors. They would purposely plan their leave to go into Dubai and spend like a spend like a couple days in Dubai before they went home to see the wife and kids. And so I asked them, I was like, why are y'all doing that? They was like, bruh, soon as we get off the plane, my nigga, the hose is choosing. They like, cause they know we Americans. They know we contractors or whatever. They know we got money. It's like soon, there's like, nigga, as soon as you get off the plane, clear customs or whatever, and you in the airport, they say the airport look like a goddamn mall up in there. And they be having these dime, dime bitch, bitches over there choosing on niggas to where it ain't no struggle. You, you know what I'm saying? It, you go over there and be like, I want her, I want her. And go to the room and knock them chicks out. And then them dudes, you know, they take about a day break and then they go home and see, <laughs> they go home and see their wife and kids and shit, man. Like they ain't just got finished tricking off in Dubai. But them contractors, they were making so much cheese when I was out there. I knew contractors that were making $200,000, $300,000 a year for one year's worth of work with like the first $100,000 tax-free, right? And I was their boss, and I wasn't even making that much money. But they would take that money, go to Dubai, man, and be out there balling, just, just tricking it off for like a couple days before they go home and see the family. And I, I heard so many stories, man, so many stories. But I was I was military, so I couldn't go. But if I was a contractor, I probably would have had to take a trip just to see. I wasn't going to do nothing, but I just wanted to see. <laughs> but yeah, it's like being in a rap video. The, the, the luxury is ridiculous. Go look up Dubai Police Force. They have, a, they have a special police unit in Dubai where they drive nothing but luxury cars. Like They take a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, and a Bentley and put some cop headlights on that damn thing. I'm dead ass serious. Go look that crap up. Matter of fact, let me see if I can pull it up for you. Y'all don't listen. Y'all don't know what the hell y'all missing. Let me pull this up. There we go. Let me get my screens right. Let me show y'all. Hold on. I'm about to show y'all what, what balling really looks like. What niggas with real money and they got their women's in check, what they look like out in these streets. Hold on. Get my screen right. Here we go. Look at this right here. Hold on. Where, where that? Where that? Where it go? Look at this. What is this? Is uh this is a Bugatti right here, right? This is a goddamn police car, y'all. Y'all see this? 
This is this is a special unit they have in Dubai. There's a damn police car right here. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. You got a Bentley, a Bugatti. What is that? A, is that a Ferrari back there? And I think that's a Porsche or something like that. I can't tell what the second one is. These are damn police cars. Now, I'm pretty sure they're more than likely just for show. But look at the type of money they got to show. Well, you could take a luxury car and turn it into an official police vehicle. Like, this, this, is, how they, this is how they're getting down out there in the Mideast, y'all. This is how they're getting down out there. Now, now, let me ask y'all something. If they introduced this car saying, hey, they, they said, hey, we upgrading the police cars here in America. You're going to have Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and all that crap. How many of y'all going to sign up to become cops to patrol the community? <laughs> How many Negroes will become a cop just so that they can drive this car around the hood, y'all, policing people? How many of y'all would do it? <laughs> I would, shit. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't drive this because I can't fit in this car comfortably. Y'all ever sat in a Lamborghini before? Them shits is kind of tiny. They're made for small people. But I would. I, I would sign up to be a cop. I'd be like, I'd be back to blue like a motherfucker. Blue lives matter all goddamn day up in this bit. Be, be booming, just rolling through the hood. <laughs> Looking for big booty Keisha. Seeing if she breaking laws. You breaking laws again, Keisha. And I gotta, gotta put these cuffs on you. Gotta spank you on your little booty. Yeah, I think we can get some brothers to, to police the community if we get them some, some luxury whips. <laughs> but this is the kind of money they got, though. This is the kind of money they got. It's like I say, it's it's another world, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta go get them pass. Soon as soon as they start letting us out of the country again, y'all need to go put some stamps on them passports and go see some stuff, B. Expand your little brains. Come out of your little woe is me bubbles and see that you Negroes, black Americans, are the most, probably the most blessed Negroes on the entire planet. A lot of your issues. Negroes and other parts of uh, people in other parts of the world in general wish they could have your issues. They wish they could have your issues. You got to go see it, man, because in countries like Dubai, they have extreme poverty and extreme richness. And it's like that in a lot of countries in the world. I don't know if you guys realize this, but, the, you know, there are, you know, you go to a lot of countries in the world. There really aren't a whole bunch of middle. There, there aren't really a whole bunch of countries with middle classes. Y'all do realize that, right? You go to a lot of the majority of the countries on the entire planet have predominantly two classes of people, rich and poor. There really is no middle class in most countries and throughout the world. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. Either you got it or you don't. And then oftentimes, if you don't got it, a lot of these countries have very little social systems in place to support the poor. In case you guys don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? That's so why y'all need to get out there and expand your little brains. Get out there and see some stuff. It's crazy. So this is what the U.S. is headed to. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we're headed. See, if you elect these Democrats, they're going to tax you to death to ensure that 
we can keep social programs thriving for people who, for a bunch of people who don't want to do a damn thing. You can see the clear distinction, how they treat Africans versus African-Americans. Uh, you talking about, what are you talking about? When you go to, when you go overseas, oh yeah, yeah, you go overseas, listen, listen, you go overseas, right? Let me tell y'all something. You go overseas, don't matter where you go, even if you're black, they're going to view you as an American first, not a black American. They're going to see you as an American and they're going to all think we're stuck up. They all think we're spoiled as hell. They all think we got it going on. And, you know, a lot of them want to be like us, but they see you as an American. They treat you just as an American because, you know, they can look at you and tell the way you walk, talk, obviously the way you dress, all that crap. They can identify us. They, they can pinpoint us a mile away. We stand out like a sore goddamn thumb. I don't care what country you go to, you're going to stand out like a bitch as an American citizen. It's, it's like we got this invisible target on us walking around saying there's an American. And they're going to treat you like you want. They're going to think we all got money, that we all balling out of control. Because in reality, most of us are balling out of control in relation to the overwhelming majority of the people in this country. He says, as soon as we come back, we niggas. Nah, as soon as you come back, you just an American. You just, you just, you fall back into your woe is me bubble. And then you go out there and, and begin fulfilling, uh, implementing self-fulfilling prophecies. See, a lot of you clowns out there like Capone, a lot of you clowns that believe we just niggas, we just niggas. A lot of y'all go above and beyond to create these self-fulfilling prophecies. Meaning you'll walk into a store and you will assume that the store owner is watching you. And then by you assuming that he's watching you, you'll start doing things to draw suspicion to yourself because you are you are too busy focusing on the damn store owner by constantly looking at him. So now the store owner is like, why is this customer always looking at me? Maybe this person is doing something. So now the store owner comes and starts actually profiling you all because you walked in there. And believe that just because you're black, they're going to be checking you out when he was probably wasn't even thinking about your damn ass. Because, I mean, think about it. You be having these Chinese dudes, these Arab dudes, they put these stores in the hood. Why are they going to profile y'all when 99% of their customer base is Negroes? Why would they want to profile y'all? 99% of the people that go into their stores in the hood are black people. <laughs> why they just why all of a sudden they just gonna up and decide to profile people when all they do is see black people all goddamn day long it's because most of y'all walk in there thinking that they're looking at y'all when they probably ain't thinking about you at all and then you start acting suspicious because you can't keep your eyes off him when you should be looking at the damn merchandise so you can hurry up and buy that's how this works I mean, I don't understand what a lot of y'all don't understand about this crap. A lot of y'all do things to bring it on to yourself, to attract the unnecessary attention. And I don't know why people can't figure this crap out, B. It's not like this, this ain't rocket science, man. Dell says they can spot an American tourist from a mile away. Yeah, we, we stand out like a sore thumb everywhere we go. But it's the same way when people come over here. 
we can kind of identify tourists over here as well. Like Orlando, Florida. You know how I know somebody's a tourist down here? If I see a white person and they look like the sun been whooping their ass all day long, they sweating profusely, they skin red as hell. I, I know that person is either from Canada or from somewhere in Europe <laughs> where it's kind of cold. I can tell just just because just they come down here, they be looking beat red because they ain't used to this damn heat. He says, it's the same with black Cubans and Puerto Ricans. Bruh, listen, I'm trying to tell you, dude. A lot of black people cause these self-fulfilling prophecies, man. I mean, dude, it's just the way it is. Most people are not thinking about y'all, man. Y'all, Listen, y'all need to get this out of y'all brains and thinking that every culture just sits around thinking about black people. Nobody cares about you. Everybody got their own bills to pay. They own worries to deal with. Nobody sits around thinking about black people all day. Black people sit around thinking about everybody else all day. <laughs> Nobody cares. Just go into the store, get your items, get your pay, pay for that shit and go on about your business, man. Man, am I sitting around here thinking about it? Nobody cares, B. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Nobody cares. And I'm going to tell you, you learn this when you actually start venturing out into the world and interacting with other groups of people, even just within this country. Go to different parts of the country, man. Interact with other groups of people. You'll quickly discover how nobody gives a fr- nobody gives a damn about your black ass. Nobody cares, man. As long as you don't bother me, ain't nobody going to bother you nine times out of ten. But see, what happens is you'll have that one instance where Billy Bob comes through, calls you the N-word, spits on you, and slaps you. Then all of a sudden, that video goes viral or whatever. Then it's all over the news. Sean King done shared it about 50, 11 times. Tariq Nasheed done doctored the video up to show you only getting slapped or whatever. And then it, it gives off this appearance that this happens all the time. When reality is, like I say, every time that there's, I always give this example. Every time that one of these videos go viral from a cop killing a black person, I always tell y'all how many black people had an interaction with a cop that same day. Now, obviously, we can never get the, we'll, we'll probably never know the answer, but I can, I can probably guarantee you it's probably been tens of thousands of interactions that happened that same day where nothing went wrong to the point of somebody getting killed. But being that this one instance stood out, now we're going to Capone's land of focusing on the 3% and ignoring the 97% that went as they were supposed to go. We always maximize the minimum and engage in extreme cherry picking. That's what a lot of black people do in these social media streets. That's what pro-blacks do all the time. That's what manosphere dudes do all the time when they want to cry about black women. This is what happens. Y'all got to break this cycle. I'm here to help y'all break it. I'm here to help y'all. I'm here to help bring you Negroes to reality. Because I've been places, B. Been around the world, I, yeah, 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 all that stuff. Interacting with a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures. I didn't just reside in my bubble for the past 40 years down here in Orlando. And I suggest you don't. Get out there and see some stuff. I mean, look, yeah, you know, 
when the cop pulls you over, I ain't saying you got to get out there and just start kissing their boots or some yes or sir, yes or master stuff. But oftentimes you be seeing Negroes just turn up for no goddamn reason. They just turn up. They go from zero to 100. You be like, why, dude? Just, just calm down. Like I, like, I know y'all saw the George Floyd video. Remember George Floyd? There were two other people in the car with George. They were calm as hell. They still breathing. <laughs> George Floyd, his passengers are still breathing. They was calm. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody do nothing to them, as far as I know. And they was in the same car with George. How come they still alive? And George ain't. How come George started freaking out and the other two didn't? It was all in the same car. <laughs> At the same time. So you think if it doesn't happen enough, we shouldn't try to fix it. Look, you can go out there and fix it all you want. Here's, here's the problem with you. We need to fix police brutality. Y'all want to fix, y'all want to spend, expend all y'all imaginary energy on police brutality. When you don't want to address the real issue in the community, which ain't police brutality. You don't want to address all these knuckleheads causing chaos and confusion on a regular basis. They got all these old grandmamas scared to come out their house. These little, these little knuckleheads hanging out on the corner, you know, just, just popping random shots off, killing babies all over the damn place. That's the real problem in the community. And y'all don't want to address that because either you scared to address them Negroes or them Negroes are your family and friends and you don't want to see them go to jail. That's the real threat. It ain't the cops. Go look at the data. The data says niggas be dropping niggas to the tune of like six, 7,000 a year. It was like nine unarmed black people killed by cops last year. Nine. So y'all want to focus on, y'all want to focus on pollution. No, you can go, you can care about the cops all you want. But how about you apply the same level of concern about the stuff that causes Negroes to make the news every single day to the point where it just becomes desensitized. You only, you're not even bothered by it. Because it like I gave you the example before, right? Black on black crime is the equivalent of a car accident. Car accidents in America happen every day, damn near every minute of the day. Nobody's phased by it. You know, the most you'll do is, is do some rubbernecking when you drive past it. And you look at it real slow, then you drive off and go on about your business. When police kill a black person, that's the equivalent of a plane falling out of a sky. Planes rarely ever fall out of the sky. This is why air transportation is the safest form of transportation in the world. At any given moment, there are probably like 5,000 planes flying in the American airspace right now. At any given moment. Heart planes hardly ever fall out the sky. But when they do fall out the sky, they make national news. Why? Because they rarely ever happen. Plane crashes is a rare event. Just like police brutality, just like cops killing black people. It is extremely rare when you compare it up against black people killing other black people. But we become desensitized to it, to where it don't even bother us. We just think it's normal. We just think it's normal to exist. Yeah, planes are, bro, go look at the stats. Plane crashes rarely happen, dude. 
That's why when they do happen, they make the news because it's such a rare event. So anyways, we don't talked about a lot of stuff over here tonight. I'm going to get off this damn computer. Y'all can show the channel some love if you want. Cash apps right there. Um, hold up. Say cats take 97% energy to focus on 3%, but take 3% of energy to focus on the other 97%. Yeah, you know, it's just basically like the 80 20 rule. 80% of the people do 20% of the work, while 20% of the people do 80% of the work, or something like that. This who said it's like 150 a year. No, it's not. Capone? Is it 100? Okay, let's just see. How many plants? Let's, let's look it up. How many plane crashes? happen every year they said uh la, 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 la. let me say all right how common is it for a plane to crash it says airplane crashes are super rare they are 200 times less likely than an automobile crash you have a 200 times greater chance of getting into an automobile accident than you do of a plane crashing, bro. 200 times, my nigga. 200 times. And look, you talking to a dude who's actually jumped out of a damn airplane. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? And that's how safe them shits are. I jumped out of one. Like I say, when they happen, when they when they do happen, it's big news because it rarely happens. You ever see a dude? Do you even know anything about avionics? First of all, dude, you you don't know nothing about nothing. Now you in here just bumping your gums. Let me tell you how planes function. First of all, do you know how fast a goddamn plane flies? And then, second of all, do you know how big the damn atmosphere is? <laughs> when planes get within about ten miles of each other in the sky, their alarms start going off like a son bitch because them ten miles. They can probably cover 10 miles in about one minute. Like, that's how fast. They fly like five, 600 miles an hour, dude. So 10 miles, will, they, they can probably cover 10 miles in about 60 seconds. So their, their little alarm systems get the flashing and blinking all over the goddamn place, telling them they need to pull up, pull down, go left, go right, et cetera, et cetera. He says, why am I comparing them to car accidents? Because I'm trying to make a point, dude. The point is airplanes... Airplane crashes are rare in comparison to car crashes. Just like cops killing black people is rare in comparison to black people killing black people. How do you not understand the correlation, bruh? I need you to come up off this 3% thinking and go to the 97% of the pendulum and start applying your brain. Because right now, you're only using 3% of your brain to figure this elementary crap out and why I'm, I'm comparing car accidents to planes as it directly relates to cops and black people. Like, duh, bro, this ain't, this ain't no college-level stuff I'm talking here. Why I jump out of a plane? Because I wanted to. It's actually fun. 
It was terrifying as hell, my first jump. But once you jump out and the parachute deploys, it is extremely peaceful up there. Peaceful, it's the most peaceful and tranquil experience I've ever experienced in my life. And after I landed, I want to go back up again and do it again. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And I landed on the drop zone. My first jump, I didn't land in a, because it had rained the day before. So when you're up there, you can see the patches of ground that are dry and hard just because, uh, you know, if, if, if it's a wet piece of ground, it's because, you know, it, it, it's darker. And so I jumped out and we had my sergeant major, his, he was on the drop zone yelling at us from a bullhorn. And I just happened to come down and I was on the verge of landing in the back of his damn pickup truck because he was like right up under where the hell I was coming down. So he's yelling at me through the bullhorn, threatening to kill me if I land in the back of his truck. So I tried to slip to the left, slip to the right, which means you pull your left to right risers. And, you know, depending upon which way, you know, you pull your left risers, basically you pull the, the left side of your parachute down, which collapses the air, then you'll start drifting to the left faster. Anyways, I did all that crap. And then um, I just kind of forgot how to land properly. So I ended up hitting the hard part of the dirt. But then when I hit it, I didn't land with my legs together. I landed with my legs apart. And then I kind of like dropped to the ground like a sack of rocks. Then it sent like a you know a little compression thing up the back of my spine because you know it was like kind of painful as shit. But I was 20, 22 at the time, so I was still young in my career. As a matter of fact, I was just getting my career started. I was full of energy. I was like, "The hell with this! I ain't going to the doctor. Send me back up. Let's do this." And I did it. But then years later, I paid for it. Yeah, it's the difference between airborne and skydiving. Skydiving, you're jumping from a way higher altitude. Them jokers be like two miles up in the air, three miles up in the air, something like that. So they got time to free fall. When you go, when you jump out of an airplane for airborne, you're like, you're only about like 1,800, 1,800 to 2,000 feet in the air. So by the time you jump out the plane, four seconds later, your parachute's deployed. Or you hope it's deployed, <laughs> but your parachute's deployed because the plane rips it open for you through a, what they call a static line. Basically, it's just a line that's attached to your parachute, which is hooked up directly to the airplane. So when you jump out the plane, you jump out of a vehicle that's flying like four or five hundred miles an hour, an hour it rips your parachute open for you. And it takes about four seconds that your parachute catches air. And then, you know, you go through the process of just drifting down to the ground. For the most part. Yeah, I'm back at work. I mean, I don't have to, but, you know, I decided to go. I'm tired of, tired of, I got tired of being in the house. So I go, I go to work, but ain't nobody there. There's still a whole bunch of people that I work with that work from home. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not around a bunch of people anyway. So it doesn't matter. So anyways, that's that's it. So nobody cares about Trump not watching the NBA. I know we talked about all kind of crap, but, you know, nobody nobody cares because <laughs> I damn sure don't care. You dig? So I'm about to bounce. So y'all be easy. It's 930. I'm about to 
I'm about to lay it down. I'm tired. I got a headache. Anyways, I'm going to holler at y'all later. Peace.